0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's edition of the About to Review podcast. I'm your host, as always, that guy named John. You can find the podcast on all forms of social media at About to Review, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast anywhere you find podcasts. Stitcher, Podbay, Podbean, at (laughs) iTunes. (laughs) Open the Podbean doors. (laughs) iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Uh, google play you can also stream the website stream stream the episodes from the website abouttreeview.com <laughs> amateur hour is
1: here again
0: uh, I, i've done almost a hundred episodes and i still mess it up anyway on the website abouttreeview.com you can also see full show notes click the support tab up at the top and pitch in a dollar you can also go to com. buy a t-shirt buy a sweater a coffee mug iphone case a number of other things as well, uh, and also YouTube, youtube.com slash review for the interview sections uh, that I do on this show. Today's episode, I'm being joined for the first time in months upon months by Dr. Andy. It doesn't seem so long when you're that old. <laughs> that does not even make sense. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> hi, yeah. Hey, hey, welcome back. <laughs> welcome back, Andy. Hello.
0: Wow, and Dr. Andy speaks to himself (laughs) in third person. Uh, Today's episode is all about (laughs) the 48-hour horror film Ah! project that was uh, here this weekend. So uh, what, what I'm going to do is first we're going to go to the theme song, and then right after that, go into some interviews that I did on location. I talked to Chris Flink, who is the producer in Kirk's absence. Unfortunately, he had some family issues. Uh, So she stepped up to the plate, did a great job. So Chris Flink, and then I talked to uh, Benjamin Hilton from the film Shadow Dancer by Red Fawn Films. And then the youngest team of Max, Maddie, Giselle, and Leslie of The Flames. So first the theme song, and then the interviews, and then we'll be back and talk about our favorites that we saw in this year's 48-hour Seattle Horror Film Project. Alright, I have the pleasure of sitting down with the uh, producer, we we will say, of the Seattle 48-Hour Horror Project, Miss Chris Flink.
3: Hello, John. Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) Uh, I say producer because you were amazing in that you stepped in at kind of last minute. Um, Unfortunately, Kirk, uh, all thoughts are with him and his family. He had some issues he had to go take care of, so he had to be out of town, so he called you up and was like... I need your help. Yes. And you have already kind of been helping behind the scenes for a while, right?
3: Uh, Yeah. He just brought me on as... Well, the original plan was to help him with associate producing and co-producing next year in 2018. Oh, okay. So for the, you know, trying to expand the 48 for next year, uh, bigger, bigger, better (laughs) prizes and sponsors and a bigger uh, project altogether, more teams. Our goal is to expand um, because he is working his buns off and he is worked to the max and he needs help to expand it so uh this was just supposed to be an experiment to help him out with the horror 48 version Mm -hmm. on a small scale and then you know i I stepped in to help him out when things changed and here i am
0: excellent well it went off amazingly thank you so congratulations with that appreciate it uh so this year there were approximately 42 films That were completed for the 48-hour horror film project yes that is amazing right especially when you think of such a niche niche genre types thing like this it shows the strength of the film community that we have not just in seattle just in the northwest what has your experience been within the northwest film community
3: So I started delving into film in about 2013. I went to the University of Washington and took an advanced I did a directing for stage and screen course for a year at the University of Washington and met some of the people that I ended up doing an advanced course at Freehold Theater uh, in 2013, I believe, Mm -hmm. or 2014, one of those two years. (laughs) Um, And that's where I met Kirk, actually. Okay. And it was an advanced directing course where we did a hardcore intensive, uh, learning how to direct and work with a crew and create short films and write and things like that. So I sort of had a crash course between those two educations Mm -hmm. to sort of delve myself into the film industry because my background had been theater since for like 17 years and I'd done interactive improvisational theater. So what I did find was that my experience in improv theater and just improvisation in general uh, turned out to be a huge asset as a director and mm-hmm. as a producer, I'd been producing for a long time, but I and ended up directing because people would be like, Oh, you should just direct. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I realized I was directing more than I was producing. So why not finish that, that education and, you know, go for it. And that's kind of when I started getting involved in the Seattle film community and meeting all these people. And it's just sort of, um, you know, gone from there, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of making contacts. And, you know, I feel like I'm, uh, my experience in producing has led me to, just recently this summer, I actually directed a, uh, a short film for the L.A. 48-hour film festival. Oh, wow. So that was kind of something I got roped into uh, <laughs> from a, with a team that was trying to film in Seattle, but, uh, you know, submit to L.A. We had a mm. half L.A. crew, half Seattle crew, so... Um, uh, we did that in the summer and made it, made it on time, even from Seattle to wow. L.A. So that was fun. And uh, just kind of really been immersing myself and working in the community. Um, great bunch of people mm-hmm. um, work really well together. Y- you know, you find teams that uh, work their buns off. And it's, <laughs> it's a tough one to make, you know, because it's hard. The film industry in here is, you know, you've got your... your um, all of the um, limits on all of the film incentives and the mm-hmm. tax write-offs and everything that all the Seattle film industry is trying to combat and trying mm-hmm. to get that increased. And luckily that just happened recently. Absolutely.
0: So. Yeah. We talked about that a few months ago right. when Kirk was on the show, mm-hmm. the amazing work that Kirk and so many other people, Washington Filmworks. The Washington film works, mm-hmm. the film incentive in Washington at least got to a point where they're like, all right, fine. This is how much money you're getting for the next 10 years. Just shut up, go away. Right. <laughs> In ten years from now, like <laughs> hopefully we can get it increased, right. but at least for now, the filmmaking community in the Northwest and in Seattle and in Washington can it breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief, right, even though it 's nothing compared to Vancouver or Portland
3: or Atlanta or pretty much anywhere else yeah. in this you know <laughs> country but um, at least we didn 't lose it
0: That is very true because that it, it was a possibility, and right. that that was pretty terrifying, yeah. just even as someone like me who is tangentially connected to it. I just, I love covering it. I love giving a spotlight to the indies. The fact that there could have been a chance that there was not going to be that incentive is, was pretty terrifying. Right. So back to the 48 hour horror film project. So what are some things that you saw this year that maybe inspired you that either you could use in a murder mystery or some of the other (laughs) live theater things that you do?
3: You know, there's always the incentive to uh, add some more gore to everything, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, some of the special effects and things that uh, some of these people came up with. There were some really great makeup artists and Mm -hmm. and people, especially the people who won, you know, for best use of uh, Bloodiest and all of that. Um, Mm Did Shout a, out to uh, Cooking with Claire. Shout out to Cooking with Claire, Our Industrial In, Conceit. Industrial Conceit, um, yep. You know, I, I do know as a... I did find out that they actually took a mold of Claire, who is the host, mm-hmm. of her hand... He actually took an actual mold of her hand which is what they cut up when they cut her hand off in i was the, i
0: was wondering about that that yeah. was
3: yeah so uh shout out to their makeup artist wow. i honestly uh their special effects i don't recall his name at this point but great job with all the bloodiness and stuff so you know you, you always aspire to be bloody and realistic you don't want to be bloody and cheesy mm-hmm. um, although when you get a horror spoof sometimes it's nice to be bloody and cheesy so
0: it works <laughs> it, it right, works
3: right exactly
0: so the things that you do for events on the edge so talk about that just a little bit.
3: You know, it's it's something that I've been doing for, I think I incorporated in 2000. I was just sort of helping sell interactive theater shows for murder mysteries and other stuff and mm-hmm. started working with writers and creating original uh musicals we have a, a mafia musical called meet the biscottis it's an interactive right. mafia musical it's the biscotti family olive oil and waste management company of bayonne <laughs> new jersey our writers from bayonne new jersey so awesome uh you know it's a dysfunctional mafia family that just uh, basically takes over the location the venue if it's a public event we also do tons of corporate events i have big clients like you know microsoft's and the boeings and we do customized scripts and we do uh written, uh, customized stuff for them. So I'll get, you know, I do a lot of writing and a lot of, uh, special customization kind of Mm -hmm. stuff for clients. I actually work with a company out of LA that I have been working with since 2013, which is called IAM 8 bit. Okay. And they do a lot, they work with a lot of gaming companies. So every Mm -hmm. year for PAX since 2013, I produce and I'm the Seattle area producer for a big, uh, game, projects like we did um, Evil Within, we've done okay. Sims 4 this past uh, 2016 we did Dishonored 2 where we took hmm. over the Seattle waterfront and I had 30 actors and 6 musicians and we basically turned the the Seattle uh, historical waterfront mm-hmm. with a center for wooden boats into Karnaka which is the town right. of Dishonored and all the actors portrayed characters I had a costume designer and we designed Jeez. everything and they uh, we had 2,000 People attending, and they, <laughs> came, they got to play through the game with the characters and they got to win prizes and things. It that was is crazy. Incredible. And it was so uh, successful that we took it on the road. The company, uh, I, I took six, seven actors with me, and we hired local actors in mm-hmm. three different cities. Okay. We went to uh, San Francisco, and then we went to LA, and then we went to Comic Con in New York. And we took over the Jane Hotel in New York, and we just. T- did the did basically the same thing we did in seattle on a smaller scale and that is it was amazing super fun
0: what is ridiculous is i was at pax and i was at new york comic-con and i did not realize those things were going on so <laughs>
3: it's kind of a vip event it's for people who oh, you know so like get special invitation and people who are like you know hardcore so fans
0: rude so <laughs> apparently i am no You're not longer as big of a fan <laughs> okay not a VIP. All right. You're
3: not insulted at all, right? Uh,
0: we're going to change that for next year. Emerald City Comic Con is coming up. Right. I'm just saying, if there's some sort of event like that...
3: I'll let you know, John. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Chris, uh, for everything that you did, uh, for stepping up, just being a fan of this. I really appreciate all of the work that you have done. Cool. Again, shout out to Kirk. Uh, wish the best for him and we're his missing entire family. We're yeah. Absolutely. It, it is not the same to uh, not have him around for any of these local film events. He is always there, always supportive. So uh, thank you, Chris. And eventsontheedge.com, correct? Yes. All right. Perfect. Thank you, John. All right. So next I'm sitting down with Benjamin Hilton, who is the assistant director of the film Shadow Dancer by Red Fawn. Welcome.
4: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Yeah. So I introduced you, of course, as assistant director. But as we talked about, Everybody involved with the 48-hour film wears about a dozen hats.
4: At least a dozen hats, yeah, exactly. It was definitely a
0: really hectic job. A lot of us were kind of
4: scrambling around doing everything that we could, but this isn't our first 48 hours, so a lot of us are also pretty proficient at multitasking. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I was assistant director, but I was also scripty. I was assistant anything else that I needed hands on. (laughs) And pretty much everyone but the actors, we tried to make sure that they could relax and do what they needed to do, all those crew members we can handle this and do whatever we need to do. Let them do their job. We'll handle everything else
0: from behind the scenes. Fantastic. So the awards that you picked up tonight, you picked up, was it two? Three. Three. Um, we
4: got uh, audience award for our group. Mm-hmm. We got best of our genre and best cinematography.
0: So can you talk a little bit about you know the roles that you played mm-hmm. in that process?
4: Yeah, certainly. Um, all the stuff inside, the, I mean... For the interior of the house, um, for me as assistant director, was responsible for just kind of making sure everything was on pace. Um, as I said on stage, our director was also our cinematographer, Laurent mm-hmm. Kachet, and he's a great cinematographer. He's done, he's worked camera. He's done a lot of music videos, and that's where he's got oh, a wow. lot of his experience. Okay. Um, so a lot of the slow mo scenes, he's had lots, he's had lots of practice to do, and so that's why he's such kind of perfected it in a way. Um, but just the jump between the interior scenes that were all done at night, controlled environment, we could have smoke, do whatever we want Mm -hmm. to outside, which as I said a little bit earlier, it is Seattle and it rains all the time. (laughs) All the time. (laughs) And for Saturday and Sunday, both we had rain constantly. So Mm -hmm. when we moved to our exterior location, we tried scouting beforehand to find the right location, but it was pouring rain. So we brought as many umbrellas as we could and... we had any bts i could give to you Mm -hmm. uh, you would see our camera guy uh, our cameraman Laurent, using gimbal controlling the camera and me just following him the entire time with an umbrella just to make sure that that camera was perfect because the last thing we needed especially at the end of the shoot was for that camera to get wet have anything get ruined yeah (laughs) uh actors were definitely for the actors too interior nice and happy Mm -hmm. exterior cold and rainy seattle uh they were troopers the entire time but any time I could, throw them into the car with the heater on constantly <laughs> to make sure they were happy. And that is what a
0: fantastic assistant <laughs> should kind of keep their keep their head on their shoulders the whole time. <laughs> Be like, okay, what will make this production better? If <laughs> that means getting an actor into a car that is warm and dry, you make sure that happens.
4: Oh, yeah. One of them was, uh if you've seen the movie, he's shirtless, mm-hmm. uh, scantily, you know, pants are torn up. And he was shivering the entire time. So any Oof. time we could... We had extra jackets, we had sheets, we had everything. I'd throw him underneath that heater and just, or un- under the umbrella and just let him sit there as long as he needed to before we had to bring him back out. Uh he was definitely they all our actors were they trooped through the whole I mean, along with the crew it was mm-hmm. blood, sweat, tears, and a whole lot of coffee to keep us going for everybody and Of course. They all did I think well at least for me, wonderful. I think I couldn't have chosen the bear crew to work with for this.
0: Fantastic now talk about some of the kind of inspiration for this particular short film
4: certainly Uh, so the Red Fawn we're uh, all Native American cast and crew Mm -hmm. and We try to also bring in a lot of our culture into all our projects that we do especially with the 48 where you have the freedom I mean the constraints in the wakes you have a genre you have these certain things you have to do But we have the freedom to make our own story, right? And so we try whatever we can to bring in I guess a piece of our culture our History, our ancestors, whatever you would say, mm-hmm. and inspiration for this was is we got um, home invasion or curse and prophecy. Right. And I mean, you may there's lots of uh, stories, lots of mythos of Native Americans and some of our spirits that we have, spiritual beings that we have and that we believe in. And so when we, saw so was curse prophecy, it was a very simple thing of okay, well we have the medicine man we mm-hmm. have the you know illnesses that when you don't have a cure for you bring in the spiritual uh, to try and fix and it's pulling directly from kind of like our various histories and beliefs that we have and that was kind of the inspiration and everything from there honestly we started filming only a few hours after we got everything oh, uh, wow. we left and uh Laron, Laron and isaac both worked on this idea in their heads and we didn't even really put anything to paper um LaRon being such a great camera operator as he is, cinematographer, he had these shots in his head. So a lot of what you see on screen, we never really wrote anything down. He just in his head kind of knew what he wanted to get done and we were able to set it up and block it off for him. Um, and everything kind of story-wise, because there wasn't much dialogue, it was much right. easier to work it out. The mm-hmm. actual language and dialect that our lead actor, uh, Medicine Man was speaking, right. that was actually a uh, true Native American language in his native tongue. And so, even we're trying to be as a sense we're trying to be as authentic as we could. Mm -hmm. Um, As it's kind of a thing in Hollywood now, it's we're trying to break through the stereotypes of these are what natives are, and trying to break into the this is how they actually are portrayed. And we're trying to be as authentic as we can because, like I said before, comes from our heritage and comes from where we our history. So we're trying to be as true to that and as respectful as we can. Part of that is true to life things, uh, the language and dialect. Mm -hmm. Um, the spirituality, all of that.
0: Awesome. Now, where can people find, are you guys going to be releasing the short on a website or have you already?
4: So we haven't yet. We'll be okay. putting it up on our website. Um, we'll be having a website for it. It will be um, most likely it'll be uh, shadow uh, Okay. We, have, we did another couple of other 48 hours as well, and each one of those we have up. That's um, why our producer and our director right now aren't uh, here for the screening, is because they're in New York uh, showing off another one of their short films that oh, they wow. did. Yeah, um, and they're doing it for um, the Urban Festival. Okay. Orman Street Festival in New York. And so that's why they couldn't attend here. They couldn't get back in time. So we'll be having a public Facebook page, uh, Shadow Dancer okay. on Facebook. You should be able to look it up. Um, probably be Shadow Dancer, 48 hour horror film, and Excellent. you'll be able to find it. Uh, okay. Should probably get all this actually posted now that I'm speaking <laughs> it out loud. Oh, you, you have a couple have days until <laughs> this posts. <laughs> so that is fine. Over there, I'll have to send you a blast of emails saying,
0: hey, actually, you should probably cut this out and reword this <laughs> right. and change it around. Excellent. Well,. Thank you so much. Uh, The film is Shadow Dancer by Red Fawn. It was incredible. Uh, It was fantastic to see more representation uh, in films. That is something that we need to see in general. And so to do something like this in a 48-hour time span was was incredible. So Appreciate it. Thank you so much. No problem. So thank you, Benjamin. Thank you. All right. So I am sitting down with a winning team, uh, one of the youngest teams actually to ever compete in the 48-hour film project. So I'm sitting with Max, Maddie, Giselle, and Leslie of The Flames. Welcome to the show, guys.
5: Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.
0: There are four of them sharing two microphones, so it is an interesting situation. So I have to know who first came up with this idea.
5: We all collaborated and we all became with one movie with all our ideas. We all had ideas, and then my Auntie just said, you know what, just collaborate and make a movie out of all the ideas that you guys have for each. Movie. And
2: Excellent. especially for my uncle, um, my both uncles, um, he, the, he helped us film, mm-hmm. with, um, and my mom helped with the audio, and then we just filmed on iPhones um, as usual, okay. but this time it was a little bit better.
0: Yeah. Excellent. So Max, if you want to hand the microphone over to him. So you played the title character of The Littlest Scientist. Yes. Tell me about that experience. What was it like being a mad scientist? It
5: was nervous, and it was also funny. The goggles, when I made them, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make goggles? (laughs) And I just kept like worrying, so I just started, I just kept thinking and thinking, and I was like, just get water bottles and rubber bands. That's it.
0: So that was your idea to create those?
5: Yeah. And then my mom made them. Yeah.
0: That was awesome. I definitely liked them. They worked. Hopefully, they protected your eyes from the experiments that you were doing. Yes. Excellent. So, Giselle. Yes. So, tell me what it was like to now be in your second 48-hour film project film.
5: Um, uh, we were all very excited, and we're really proud that we got audience favorite, and we're, like, really excited that we got to do another movie. Hopefully, we'll get a. We, we know we're going to um, hopefully get to do the other movie for ne- um, the next 48. So, okay. Yeah.
0: What is the genre that you would love to do the next time?
5: Probably like comedy. Or comedy? comedy? Yeah. We're really good at comedy. Serial killer. So,
0: <laughs> a vast difference. So Giselle says comedy, Maddie says serial killer. <laughs> okay. And then Leslie, what genre would you love to have?
5: I, to be honest, like this, uh, 48 we did, it was supposed to be horror, but we're really, really good at comedy.
0: I agree. Um,
5: uh, <laughs> Well, that's what we think because, you know, we're really funny. We're kids. So we honestly, I honestly would want to do um, dark comedy okay, or thriller or comedy.
0: Sounds yeah. good. And now all four of you are students at Mighty Tripod Productions, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Excellent. How long have you guys been doing that?
5: About like For a, a year. While, a a while. year. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh-huh. Nice, a, a random red light just showing on on the studio just now. Nice, and you're as a teacher, so mainly Angela Demarco, right? Yes, she's, excellent.
5: She's very fun. I like her. She she just does a lot of stuff. She's really up.
2: bubbly and cute. We just really love her.
0: Good. Well, congratulations again. The team name is the Flames. You can find them on Facebook, right? Yes, YouTube. and YouTube. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Max, Maddie, Giselle, and Leslie. Do you guys have any last words that you guys would like to say?
2: I would say thank you for everything. Thank you for just giving us this... Um, opportunity. This, this, this oppor- opportunity, this ray of hope for us <laughs> because we had no ideas. And it just it's its so fun to just come up with all these genres um, and just come up with all these nice ideas. And we, we just love you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Max?
5: And... Thank you all to my family and and if you watch our YouTube video, subscribe and hit the bell.
0: <laughs> awesome! What did like? What did plug those?
5: Um, I just want to say thank you for having us here, and I hope you have a good night. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited, and I hope we um, get to do more movies. And I'm really excited, but thank you.
0: Excellent! All right, the team name the Flames. Congratulations, guys! Thank,
5: thank you. you. <laughs>
0: Uh, I nailed it. I yeah, totally nailed yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> it. brilliant. Uh, so thank you to everybody who you just listened to in those interviews. Thank you also to uh, Damien Randall, who did the original theme song, and also to our sponsor, Vexing Media, who does the audio editing. So, Dr. Andy. Hey. This is the first of the horror film projects that you and I have actually been a part of. You have been a part of the 48-Hour Film Project and gone to those for years. We have talked about it on the podcast, and I have covered Filmapalooza, but this is the horror film project.
1: Yeah, and horror is not my favorite genre, I would say. Because you are a big scaredy cat. I'm a a big scaredy cat. You won't catch me going to horror movies because of the whole nightmare basement (laughs) uh, thing under the Mm -hmm. bed.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And you do have a super creepy basement. (laughs)
1: It's actually so. <laughs> true. Absolutely true. Yeah, you don't want to creep around there in in the dark if you hear a noise, trust me. Mm-mm,
0: nope. Okay. So, have there ever been horror movies, though, that did interest you? Like, ones that when you saw a trailer or heard about it, that something about the subject matter actually made it sound interesting?
1: I think I think inevitably. And, of course, there are, there are so many sub-genres of horror. I you know i've never I've never been much of a slasher kind of okay. person but you know i'm a big fan of monster movies i love monster movies mm-hmm. um you know some of the old old ones uh, yes. right up into the you know the modern era i you know i mean
0: you say old old ones but when you were a kid the talkies were just coming out and so, trust
1: me, Nosferatu
0: <laughs> was old even by my
1: standards. Hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, monster movies definitely, okay. and and you know, sort of like the more um, uh, classic kind of horror, like Psycho, for instance. Okay, so uh,
0: psychological thriller, The Shining, less oh,
1: okay. I, I you I don't mind the the concept of blood and. Little children, scary Terrifying little children, children, which, of course, are, are themes in, in many, many, many horror movies. But mm-hmm. slashing and, and just like jumping out of things just for the sake of jumping out because, yeah, you want to get a rise out of someone. Yeah, not my cup of tea.
0: Okay. Totally fair. And what I found interesting about this crop of short films that we had the privilege to watch, I was really surprised that none of them kind of went that jump scare route. Right. Yeah. That was something that, because, I mean, it is cliche, but that is a quote-unquote easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. You ramp up the music, somebody turns a corner, boom, something there was, happens.
1: There was quite a few refrigerators where I was expecting I was the door closing <laughs> and there being a scary thing behind it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It didn't happen, though. It did not. And actually, shout out to uh, The Flames, the kids that you just heard, in their first film, which was in the regular Seattle 48-hour film project, they drew the horror genre and so there's it actually ended with them opening the fridge and they shut it and there's this ghost girl right there so it's interesting that they went that route then but nobody went that route now it was nice kind of misdirection but at the same time Mm -hmm. after watching 34 short films and seeing that refrigerator scene multiple times I was like is this going to be it no is it uh, no but I kind of liked that nobody went that kind of yeah like cliche
1: I, I did too. And uh, also as a consequence, I, I didn't have nightmares, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought that the main theme running through uh, the films was was more humor than, mm-hmm. than I mean, not more than horror, but I mean, sort of suffused an awful lot of the movie uh, of the shorts um, and, and many of the best ones. I, mm. in my opinion, in your humble opinion, <laughs> uh, in my humble opinion, I had had that uh, sort of like tongue in cheek or, you know, over humor running mm-hmm. through them.
0: And I thought I also thought it was interesting because in all of these 48 hour film projects and the 50 hour slam that Dr. Andy and I also covered all of these short film festivals. Anytime we talk to people around it, they, they frequently say the same things. Play to your strengths and embrace the challenge. Mm hmm. So if your strength is comedy, go for it. Like, just because this is a horror film project, incorporate those elements that fit the genre. And, of course, include all of the required elements, but play to your strengths.
1: Well, yeah, but that's an excellent question. I mean, this is a very specifically a genre project. So you mm-hmm. would think that the people entering into the 48-hour horror film project would be very into specifically horror Mm-hmm. less you know less to say the humor side of things so yeah. th- again this was a bit of a surprise that i thought that was the you know most you know important theme through the the best movies most of the best movies i should say
0: and i also find it interesting that and something else that you and i have talked about in most of these film competitions uh humor 90% of the time People love humor. You are going to at least get an audience favorite award or something because people like that reaction. They like when that film ends and the credits are rolling, you know, they feel happy and everything. So humor definitely takes you a long way in general, these film competitions, even in something so genre specific like horror.
1: Yeah, as long as it's not overplayed or... Mm -hmm underdone or something i mean sort of humor is one of those things that you you have to get right you can have comedians who can be great actors but for an actor doesn't necessarily mean that they can become a great comedian they so many people fall flat so Mm -hmm. yeah you have to be you do have to be a little bit careful with humor because you can really turn people off with it as well if it doesn't
0: fit yeah absolutely so for all of you people listening you know who want to enter one of these competitions which i highly encourage play to your strengths you know, talk to your crew. Figure out what things you are good at doing, and and take it from there. So one of the things that Andy was really good at in his uh, film career. How many times have you been killed in movies you have done? <laughs>
1: uh, uh, at least three, possibly four. It's you know, it all starts mm. to blur when you these the headshots. You know, sort multiple of like, you really headshots mess mess with your brain after
0: a while. I just I want to see your demo. Re- we should cut a new demo reel for you we just all the times that you have either been shot in the head or yeah. bludgeoned in the head. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's. Like... So for <laughs> what for what can I say? I I just <laughs> people see me and they want to kill me. That's it.
0: I mean, for so for local directors and you know creators filmmakers, if you're looking for someone who is really good, yeah, uh, at, I, I could do with at work. dying on film. Yeah. There you go. I need work. So all right. So now that we kind of talked about the generalities of the Seattle... Seattle 48-Hour Horror Film Project. Again, huge kudos to everybody involved. We talk about it every time. It blows me away. What people are able to do in 48 hours. Not just in the 48-hour time frame, but all of these films. The character this year. They had to include Hans, or Hannah Bridgeport, who's a nurse. The prop was a clothespin. The line of dialogue was... That's too spicy for me. So not only are you making a film in 48 hours, but with those constraints and with a mystery genre that you have to pull.
1: Mm. For, for our English listeners or uh, oh, listeners in, in the colonies, it's a clothes peg.
0: No, it is not. It is a clothes mm, pin. It pins peg. things. Peg you push into something. Nevertheless. So <laughs> full disclosure, when Dr. Na- Dr. Andy and I were first watching these films... And I mentioned the required element. And he was like, oh, clothes peg. And I was like, no, clothes pin. So it is a clothes pin. What is wrong with whatever. you? Whatever. I mean,
1: I'm. I'm, start, I'm you don't get, get me started in this because I'll start putting yous in horror Ugh. somewhere, you know. So just carry on. Last I checked. Move on. Move last on
0: I you. checked, we won the Revolutionary War, so we call it clothes pins. Mm,
1: 1812.
0: Uh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, okay. So what we're going to do now is uh, go kind of back and forth. And talk about our favorites of this year's crop, as per usual. When I when I said to Andy, "All right, we should do like our top three with a couple, you know, honorable mentions."
1: Andy, don't do that. <laughs> is my response exactly to that.
0: pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So we will we will go over a few films. <laughs> Mine are in generality my top three, and that does not mean that you know these were necessarily head and shoulders above the rest, or that they. Were this not, but it, they were the three that spoke the most to me. So. Okay.
1: I have like four <laughs> categories of things. Well, of course, and you there, do. there may be more than one film in each category, but I'm going to go over them really briefly because they're, they're, the movies are like six minutes mm-hmm. long, I think seven with titles. And so, stuff. Yeah, you
0: can do seven minutes with like a minute of credits. Yeah. And some of the films did this, and it is clever. If you have a minute of credits, that does not mean that you just have to roll credits. Right, exactly. You can still Ro- do something. Yeah, throw in some video, throw in something else. You get people that second round of clapping. Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah, So yeah, clever you, to do that. You, you start that next year. Yeah, absolutely. You start and give us at least a couple so that because you have like you picked like 19 out of the 34 or 42 films so <laughs> it's
1: not no i've 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 cut down some of the ones i, I okay just one thing as a preface i would mm-hmm. say um and, and don't take this wrong um anybody who made films for oh for the project but I the think views that, of
0: do- that dr Andy is about to express do not reflect the about to review podcast
1: <laughs> or their sponsors exactly i think I, I would say in general the quality was a little bit lower than the the general 48 hour film project which means okay. which means if you are interested in entering one of these projects and you're still a fairly fresh uh crew uh, who hasn't done it a lot of work the 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 horror project would be a good one you could probably get uh, a really good um you know sort of opinion from people from entering that before you go into the the general just i think that's okay uh, attracts some some more mm, let's call them semi-professional professional professional teams
0: we get get some heavy hitters for the for the regular seattle 40-hour film project i think they did the last year or this current year i guess there were like 50 or 60 entrants in the yeah. regular one so it, it is some pretty awesome, massive awesome films yeah
1: but okay having said that um yeah i definitely saw some ones which i enjoyed uh watching uh and again was not hiding behind my hands uh for <laughs> any of these so a couple of my honorable mentions um uh the first one uh was uh carmen is served mm-hmm. uh which i believe was the first runner-up in the festival uh, it was yes yeah. and uh you know i really uh, i thought the the camera work was really very decent in that uh that all over good production values sound editing uh, film editing very good um the story it was <laughs> simple simple mm-hmm. but effective and um yeah the acting uh, and the- it
0: was simple but had a twist that i was not really expecting um <laughs> right exactly um uh and the the
1: the lead actor mm-hmm. i thought was excellent and i uh, i don't remember, but i think maybe he won the best actor
0: let also. me see uh yes he did yes so his name is bill reed jr uh the team was faulty wire studios so yeah he won the the best acting male uh this year
1: yeah so I mean and it, it, he was he was excellent in that so that um I, I enjoyed that one for sure and a second honorable mention goes to insert title mhm um which uh was uh it, it was uh, a kind of a, a, a I think the genre was serial killer um and it was, was clever right. because it, it it was kind of like a a, a movie within a movie mhm um and uh, the music I thought was one of the things that fit really well uh, into this and um I think John pointed out one thing <laughs> at the end which is there was a small goof we think um mm-hmm. in that that somebody who was supposed to be dead maybe showed up in the back of yeah a little bit in the background the so
0: all, and also so in all fairness these folks have 48 hours yeah I get it the hard part with me Call it that background script supervisor part of my brain. I always know whether, whether it is a TV show, a movie, if something, you know, switches from scene to scene, someone is eating a piece of toast, it cuts the next character, goes back to them, they have a croissant in their hands. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time not seeing those. And so, yeah, in this film, it was great. Uh, I really I was really enjoying it. And a one scene where they're in a kitchen, it pans and you see the rest of the crew The camera person just tilted an extra like 20 degrees to the right, and you see the person who had just been killed in the last scene just kind of sitting at the bar, like watching the scene as it was happening.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, so I mean, that's in productions, (laughs) folks. If you're not in the scene, you got to stay out of the shot, and you know, cinematographers. (laughs) <laughs> Pay attention to who's alive and, and who's dead. Well, that and, and
0: another know. like rule of thumb: <laughs> if you have been killed in a scene, notice where the camera is and stand behind, behind them. the camera Be- behind. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the cameras have a wild, wide field of view. So do not try the sides; just go directly behind them. You can still watch the scene and watch everything, watch your friends. But yeah, that was just something. I mean, I, I hated to notice it, but I, I could not help it. Sorry, guys. Yeah,
1: but it, I mean, and the thing is that I, I. Actually, didn't notice it until you pointed it mm-hmm. out. So I would have been happily ignorant of this goof if you hadn't said something. So um, sorry, um, <laughs> dark dark form, I think is the team. Um, but uh, yeah, otherwise, other than that, I thought it was uh, definitely an honourable mention for me.
0: Excellent. All right. Uh, how would I go into my number three film? Mm. Uh, I will save my honourable mentions for for the end. Uh, my number three film of this year's Seattle 48-Hour Horror Film Project. The team is That Guy with the Beard. The film is Stash. So this team, That Guy with the Beard, they crushed it earlier this year with The Game of Kube. It was a fantastic short film that I think I actually gave my number one for that. So really great team. There were two of the same people in this one that were in that previous film. Really funny, and again, when it starts out, you're not really sure what is going on. You're following this young man and young woman. They're running, talking about a virus and all of these things. At one point, he coughs, and he's like, "It's Marinara." And the first time I'm watching this, I'm like, Please. "What?" Like I was what? totally lost. <laughs> funny sound effect. He pops up. He has this giant mustache, and that is the virus. So not only is it the mustache. They're essentially becoming Mario. Amazing. (laughs) Again, play to your strengths. This team is hilarious. They know how to do comedy. They have worked together before, which is another big part of it. Mm -hmm. The timing was great. Uh, They actually won. uh, I think they won. Which award did they win? They won something.
1: They were second runner-up.
0: No, second runner-up was Carmen and Served. They were. Oh, no. No. So, um, yes, they were second runner up. Yeah, just you. just say third place. <laughs> I'm not sure why people did not do not. But yeah, they took a uh, second runner up. It was just it was really funny. Uh same team like I said before, great shot selection, great cast. Uh and it was unique. It was just something you were you were definitely not expecting. You're not expecting that at all. Cuz it was not a straight comedy. It was not a horror, it just had a weird element. Really great job. Uh yeah. So that guy with the beard, Stash, is my number 3 film. Mm. Now go ahead and give like three more of your choices before I, I give I, my number 2.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can I can actually give you uh three um <laughs> quite easily in my uh humor category. Mm. As I said, the humor was an important part of the uh this project. Absolutely. And uh, one of them was Stash, strangely enough. Yeah, I mean, sort of, uh, as you said, completely unexpected um, (laughs) and done very well. It didn't overstay its welcome. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, uh, uh, and very good production values. Um, Second uh, humor in my humor category was uh, Boiler Room. Uh, uh, This wasn't really... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, laugh out loud, funny except in a couple of bits. But it was definitely kind of tongue-in-cheek, I okay. would say. Yep. Uh, you know, sort of there was a character who was kind of playing it drunk and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, what was ha- basically what was happening is that there was a-, a monster somewhere in this building, possibly in the boiler room. Oh, who knows? Yeah. No. And the lights would come off and, and people would get progressively covered in in more gore <laughs> in viscera <laughs> in viscera and gore. Uh, and and I just thought it was it was quite amusing at a number of different sections in it. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think there was there was kind of like one laugh out loud moment for me in this one.
0: Was it the creamed corn?
1: <laughs> exactly yes exactly there was there was i mean sort of who doesn't love vomit basically so mm-hmm. there, there was <laughs> you know the, yeah I, I won't go in you watch it watch it because yeah. it, it was it was it was a thing and these guys um uh won the best ensemble mm-hmm. uh, uh award which hmm, i don't know i mean so there was there was a number of ensembles which i thought were were quite effective these these were these were Pretty darn good though. Mm-hmm. Uh slight I mean, different levels of, of uh believability and skill and stuff, but yeah, I'm not gonna knock the fact that they got the best ensemble.
0: Well what I what I liked also about this ensemble is when you have these constraints, both with time, genre, dialogue, all of those things, choosing one shooting location
1: mm-hmm.
0: is genius. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, where they were in like the basement of what was a lighthouse bar or it's a bar, yeah, uh, something like that. That I mean, it is a it is a tough shooting situation, absolutely, from a technical standpoint. But the fact that you only have to worry about one place, yeah,
1: you don't have to reset, you don't have to worry yeah. about light, you don't have to worry about the weather because that was a uh, uh, mm-hmm. one thing in a couple <laughs> of movies that we saw that clearly at some point in time in this forty eight hours there was a. Downpour. downpour coming down, but there was other times when it was it was quite nice. So there was definitely a little uh, continuity issue with a couple of movies where it was pouring down with rain and then suddenly it wasn't. All that. Oh, clear, so.
0: so I'm not the only one who noticed those things. Well,
1: that's different <laughs> from a dead person popping up. Come on, uh, fair enough. In but yeah, so I, I
0: did like with the ensemble And Boiler Room, focus on one room. Yeah, and it, it it was kind of the old school Who Done It type of thing, where the lights go out, mm-hmm. you hear a bunch of noises, lights come yeah. back on, somebody is dead.
1: Yeah. And that's, and I mean, sort of it's, it's so being played so much that the whole thing just has an element of humour in it. You can't help mm-hmm. but it be a bit funny or a bit tongue-in-cheek, essentially. Yep. Okay, and then the third uh, one of my um, amusement category was um, Cooking with Claire, which mm. turned out to be the best in show. Um, it did, well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe John city. will be talking about it in a little bit. But, oh, sorry, can um, I
0: tell you?
5: Well, if you can't <laughs> tell
1: me, then I'm just going to have to talk about it a little bit fair uh, enough <laughs> um it, it was a uh, uh, yeah w- w- how how funny can it be? I mean it can be very funny because here you have a cooking show, a cooking show where where people lose body parts i mean mm-hmm. th- th- i mean just that that whole thing sounds funny, doesn't it i'm I'm going to guess that John does have it in one of his remaining two, so I'm not going to talk about it. want to put it, a wager on it yes.
0: Really? Ooh. Yeah. You know I have a gambling, I mean, not addiction, I have an admiration for, for gambling. gambling?
1: <laughs> you and gambling are very close. We are. We, yeah, we, we yeah, get yeah. along real well. Okay, so anyway, I'm gonna stop here and go to your second, your second best, John.
0: Uh, so one quick thing with Cooking with Claire, uh, what I also, <clears throat> also really liked, it reminded me of some of what Neil Blomkamp uh, has been doing lately with his Oat Studios uh, YouTube shorts. Uh, there's a thing for the damasu 5000 so these like little infomercials that are easy to make fun of because all of us know how terrible infomercials mm-hmm. are no matter what the product is they're terrible when my insomnia was at its worst uh when I was a teenager i remember watching ron popeel this is when his empire was at the at the height he had the rotisserie cooker he also had the thing that he is a genius he had bald men convinced that if you spray paint your head and brush your hair over, no one can tell. Amazing. So I would watch those until like five o'clock in the morning. That's just bizarre. It was ridiculous. But it really reminded me of those. It was hilarious at the Q&A or not at the Q&A at the award ceremony after the screening. Uh, one of the directors got up there and they were, you know, he was talking about the film. He was like, yeah, uh. I had been filming infomercials for about a year, mm-hmm. so when we wanted to do this competition, I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I know how to do those." So, and it just it felt like a real infomercial. It had little quick uh, ads that would pop up, like for the clothespin, for the medicated wipes, for the cremation cream. So, really well done, uh, with Claire. That is, in fact, not my number two.
1: I didn't say it was your number two. So, in your face,
0: <laughs> uh, my number two. And this is maybe a maybe a surprise. Uh, The team, film vandals, and the film was Borderlines. This is one that the editing was tremendous. So this is the one where Mm -hmm. it starts off, he has, you know, long hair, bags under Mm -hmm. his eyes, just kind of sitting on his couch. And you start to realize this inner turmoil that he is having with, we see one character who is sitting on the couch in some scrubs, T-shirt, kind of scraggly hair, just looks completely exhausted and just beat up and done with the world. Then you see that same person, but with his hair kind of tied back, in some nicer clothes, fighting. Fighting in that same physical space that the other person is in. The guy's phone rings, you know, and he kind of looks at it, the one with long hair. We'll call that person A. A. He sees that person B is pounding just like answer the phone answer the phone we need to talk to her just going back and forth the tone was totally different in the cameras or in the in the views this blew me away mainly because this was i in my opinion one of the most technically impressive short films when it came to editing it was tremendous what what they were able to accomplish cutting between both of these characters Mm -hmm. definitely yeah i mean that was impressive and this was a very real depiction of what chronic depression looks like and can feel like when on the outside stuff is just rough you're having a rough go of it and you have that thing inside of you being like just get up get up off the couch you need to eat you need to sleep you need to go to work and that struggle that was palpable so that one really resonated with me because it was just it was just raw it was raw emotion fantastically well acted and again the most technically impressive short that i saw
1: it was um i think it uh, was split the uh visual effects award so yeah definitely impressive in that sense uh it didn't it didn't really move me um <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, sorry, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, sort of. Uh, it was, it was definitely. I would agree that it was, it was pretty clever and uh, visually very, very effective.
0: Mm-hmm. At one point, he is struggling. Person A, you know, is kind of just, just dead to the world, just comatose almost. Person B, inside of his head, is like shaking pill bottles, just like we have to take these. We need, like, before you leave the house, we need this to happen. So. Yeah, big props to film vandals for showing a very real account, a very honest and emotional account of what depression can feel like. So that was my number two. Go ahead with your next four, Dr. Andy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm going to do uh, maybe just one. Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe just one. Okay. Um, For cinematography, because... Okay. Uh, I mean, just to give uh, a me- an, an editing as well... Um, it- I think John, I mean, definitely mentioned about, hey, this is 48 hours. Mm-hmm. You go from zero to hero in 48, 48. hours, this, which is just, I mean, it's just astounding. And uh, I, I mean, every time I go to one of these, I, I kind of like, it's still Marvel, Marvel's mm-hmm. with me that, that you can do, get all this stuff and create a movie that somebody is actually going to enjoy. Um, and they're not going to be sitting, go, oh, that was a terrible, you know, the sound was, the mm-hmm. levels were completely different there, or the lighting is completely different, or the, you know, the continuity. So I I would have to say that, although I was not super fond of the the story in Shadow Dancer, hmm. the cinematography mm-hmm. and the film editing in it was was fantastic. It was great. I mean sort of the the lighting was just solid throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um and it just I don't want to say can one say it looked sumptuous? Sure. Ooh. It looked sumptuous. I mean it was just it was that well shot. So big props to the the team that created Shadow Dancer because they um created something which looked fantastic.
0: Okay. Uh should I give my number 1? Sure, why not. Okay. So, dear listeners, uh, if you were listening five minutes ago when I wagered, Dr. Andy, uh, he was confident and sure that Cooking with Claire would be in my top three. I only have one spot left.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Tell me more. My number one film for the Seattle 48-hour horror film project is Shadow Dancer by Red Fawn Films.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I loved Loved this movie. It was like I mean you you just talked about it, it was absolutely visually compelling. But not only that, doing a short film, a six-minute film in 48 hours is tough. Doing a short film, six-minute short film in 48 hours with minimal dialogue and still having a compelling emotional story is even harder. So that right there was incredible. The story was unique. Uh, I mean, I spoke to Benjamin Hilton. You heard it a little bit earlier, but an all native cast and crew telling a native story in a visual form with minimal dialogue, with tremendous music. It just it really blew me away. And unfortunately, the Native American mythos and mythology that is there never really gets explored in media. So if this is your only chance to see <laughs> films like this to talk about it, go for it. I mean, in general, Native American films are just not made that much and watched that much, which is a shame. I mean we have smoke signals. There was one from this year, uh neither dog nor or uh neither wolf nor dog. Uh one of my favorites of course being Billy Jack from back in the day. Uh, <laughs> I love those Billy Jack movies. So It just, I mean, yeah, the Native American experience is something that needs to be shown more in films. This, I mean, this film was incredible. I plan on watching it many more times and definitely sharing it with a lot of my friends who are in underserved (laughs) groups because they're like, look, somebody actually made a thing that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, my number one film for this year, Seattle 48-Hour Horror Film Project is Shadow Dancer by, by Red Fawn. Not Cooking with Claire you big dummy <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough, no worries, no, that's so fine I, I I guess um, just to be argumentative about things mm-hmm. i would say I, <laughs> I would say um i'm not sure that it really fit for me in terms of horror i think that the the last ten seconds of uh you know the 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 film were horror, the rest of it it you know didn't strike me as. I'm watching a horror movie.
0: Well, the genre that they chose was possession. Mm -hmm. It absolutely fit that genre. I mean, it was very invocative and similar to other possession type stories that you might see frequently uh, in Catholicism and Catholic and Christianity movies. To have one having to do with Native American experience and what that type of thing would look like, it fit the genre. So, yeah, maybe. I mean, okay. again,
1: there st- wasn't enough stash head was... spinning and and green bile coming out of. Stash the was not poor <laughs> either, but
0: you know, it still works. So, but yeah, so there's my number one. If you could name a number one, aka, you are now being required mm. to name a number one. Yet yeah. you, <laughs> crickets, <laughs> crickets. I don't
1: know. I I know. No, I don't. No, no, I don't. But but I will say <clears throat> that I do have a most. Horrific. Ooh. Because here we are, we were, you know, we're watching movies from a 48-hour horror film project. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I, the, I so much humor. And, you know, if truth be told, I I would enjoy that a lot more than I would watching horror movies.
0: I, yeah, I was not sure. This is my first year doing this. And so I was really not sure when I was talking to Kirk about it. And, you know, I said I wanted to be involved and cover it and everything. I was like am I really going to watch 34 or 42 depending on mm-hmm. how many people actually turn in their stuff on time horror films yeah exactly so I was I was nervous about it just because again it is not a genre that I'm immediately you know big on but
1: something we can agree on finally something <laughs> so but having said that so yeah I'm going I'm watching movies from a, a horror festival mm-hmm. I think I should mention the one that I thought was the most horrific
0: i will allow it um, proceed <laughs> thank
1: you um, and what i'm giving uh to this one is uh or, or the, the the film i'm uh naming to this category is deus mortem
0: mm-hmm. um by team twisted ladder
1: okay thank you um <laughs> it was i mean i started when i started watching it i was thinking oh the lighting in this is insufficient it's very dark and it is i mean yeah. it, it was very dark for a lot of it but um they used the 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 light that they had very effectively mm-hmm. through like the second half or the the second two Absolutely. thirds of the of the film um it had the most shockiness to it yeah um it had sort of a good let's call it monster. The visual effects were excellent in this. uh, So no surprise that it was the uh, joint uh, winner of the visual effects category. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it just fit most with what I would conceive of as a horror movie um, and was done very, very well. Um, The the acting also Mm -hmm. was was excellent. Um, The the lead actor for this was, you know, of of all the folks I saw, he was probably um, my... Maybe joint top with um, the folks from uh, the fella from Carmen is served. Mm -hmm. Very effective, yeah. uh, Very natural, Um, and overall, yeah. I mean, sort of you could you could see that expanded to you know a longer for sure horror kind of uh, thing. So um, no,
0: the the editing with that one. I mean, again, Borderline and Deus Morra. You know, they shared the best visual effects. Uh, Best editing did get. You know, Borderline did win best editing, but easily. You know, those those could be swapped out. They could have been tied for editing as well. The genius thing that they did, the Twisted Ladder did with this. At one point, you see a character pick up an old eight millimeter camera, mm-hmm. puts it up to their face, you know, and as he is clicking through and you already. I mean, again, I watch a lot of horror movies, even though it is not my favorite genre, You immediately start to be like, no, no, this is is a bad idea. (laughs) And so he starts panning around this kind of garage that he is in. He sees some blood splatter up on a wall. He pulls the camera down, it is not there, puts it back up. So
1: don't do if if you've already seen the blood splatter, don't start watching it
0: again. Mm -hmm. So that type of editing is tough because that, I mean, you have to shoot everything you want in two chunks because you cannot really wipe down the countertops and then get that same blood splatter over and over again. You need to get all your clean shots, then go in, put the blood everywhere, put the body parts everywhere. So that, I mean that alone, yeah, that I would I would definitely agree. That was the scariest and fit the fit the theme of this particular film project the most cuz yeah, it was it was super creepy the last I would say 5 seconds Maybe when I want to say downhill, but I feel like that could have been an even bigger moment to have another big scare. Yeah. So, I mean, you knew it was coming and yeah. so
1: they could have, uh, you know, he could have leapt out more mm-hmm. prominently from.
0: From when she came. <laughs>
1: the shadows. Yeah. Um, yeah. But okay. props, big props to Twisted Ladder for that.
0: All right. Uh, so I guess on to some of my honorable mentions. One thing with Twisted Ladder. And uh, twisted ladder, if you are listening to this, hopefully you are. In this garage, one of the other things that I cannot, I I cannot not see. Double negatives are stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 would that? What would make sense that I cannot? It makes sense though, right? Cannot not sure. see, whatever. <laughs> anyway, it is late. Um, what I can see. <laughs> yeah. It what right. I cannot avoid. Not paying attention to. Oh, just just spit it out. (laughs) So when he first walks into the garage and the camera kind of pans around for like two seconds, my eye picks up. There were short boxes for comic books. And then there were a couple long boxes for comic books. Twisted ladder. Wherever you filmed this, please get a hold of me. Comic books should not be in a dark, dank garage. Oh, my God. They should be cherished. They should be cared for. So it's a horror movie
1: They're, and, and that, that comic books get treated meanly in horror nope, movies. That's okay? scared
0: that scared me the most.: Move on seeing comic Move books on. that might have been neglected. It made me sad, it made me scared. so this is a sad, deep That is what moment I, in the podcast. That is what I'm going to have nightmares about is if they messed up any comic books while filming this. There should have been a disclaimer at the end. No comic books were harmed during <laughs> making this film for the 48 hour film project. Anyway, twisted ladder. reach out to me, let me know the comics are okay. The guy who may, may or may not have been murdered by a monster. Who cares about it? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but show me the comic books. Give me proof of life. Anyway, that was my uh, my little thing like, Twist Twisted Ladder. Okay, honorable mentions for me. Uh, I gave them an honorable mention last time. I absolutely would give them an honorable mention this time. The Flames for the littlest scientist. I love seeing the creativity that these kids have. I think it is awesome that they have such a supportive family And so many adults in their life who are just like, cool, you want to do another film competition. How can we help? The kids write their own stuff. They shoot most everything. I mean, I just, I love seeing that. So big props to the flames. They've now done two film competitions in four months. So the more you do it, they're on a Just roll. Repetition. Just keep keep doing it, kids. Uh they are they all take classes at uh, Mighty Tripod Productions, which of course Andy knows those folks as well. Good folks. Uh so yeah. Angela DeMarco is their is their main acting coach. So yeah, I love seeing what they end up with. So that is my first honorable mention. Uh <laughs> yes, that is a sticker that has my logo on it. <laughs> um sell out. So don't uh how about you go into an honorable mention, and then I will I've go into... I've done my honorable mentions. Oh, wow. I did them in the beginning. Oh, yeah. True. Uh, another one of my honorable mentions. Uh, let me get the name right. It is... Uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. <laughs> Do sound okay.
1: like. what it. sounds uh, like.
0: The Magic Atmosphere. The Psychic Sickbed. Is an honorable mention. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is another one that... It was just plain silly. Come on. It was an absolutely silly movie. It was all puppets. Which, again, doing a 48-hour, doing a six-minute film is tough. Doing it with puppets. And not only puppets, no dialogue. And you did it like the movies that Andy grew up watching where you had a guy on the organ in the background playing it. And the people would move their mouths on screen. And then a title card would come up with the dialogue. So it was like when you were a teenager, right? (laughs) Um, So it did that really, really funny, clever way to... Just kind of do a fun movie without involving a bunch of other things. So, clever. Well done. Puppets were great. Uh, One of the actors was there tonight uh, to accept the award they won, which was for best fight. So, clever. I got to give it to them, clever. The music was fantastic. That was another thing where when you go to do an old style movie like this... During the regular scenes with the interactions with the puppets, it would be normal music. As soon as it would cut to a screen with dialogue, then it would go back to, like, the 1920s piano. Well done, guys. So, yeah, Magic Atmosphere, The Psychic Sickbed. What did you think of that one? (laughs) Um... (laughs) This is a safe space. Uh, is, it, uh, is this
1: a safe space? Yeah. I, no, no. I, think, <laughs> I, I don't know that it no. is. It was okay. I, 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 I thought the idea, um, it was played a little bit too long. I mean, I know that sounds silly, doesn't it? You've got six yeah. minutes. How can anything be too long? But it, it, just, it just felt a little bit long for me.
0: Okay. Uh, one of my other honorable mentions, uh, the team is Cascadia Dread. The film is out of her mind. This one was really cool, played on the psychological horror and not, you know, the slasher type thing. Basically, uh, you see this woman in a hospital of sorts who kind of starts seeing things and and hearing things, starts scratching the back of her neck. Turns out they implanted something. Mm -hmm. We never find out what in the back of her neck. Great visual effects Mm -hmm. for, for this one. Where she kind of cuts open the back of her neck. Scratches with, open. Scratches open. Yeah. And then with the required prop, uh, the clothes pin, peg Takes the clothespin <laughs> and squeezes and like pulls out this 12-inch wire that, you know, had been going down her back. Really well done. And this one, again, it was just, it took a relatively simple concept. Something that we have seen a million times before. Something happens. Something is implanted in their brain. Only that person is seeing these specters, these beings, and yeah. hearing them, but it was it was clever yeah. um,
1: and it was it was as well acted too,
0: yeah, because that is the other thing with these films. Sometimes you might be working with a brand new crew, sometimes you might be you might have worked with one other person before, finding people that you can gel with for this forty eight hours because you are going to be spending a lot of time together <laughs> in a short period of time to really just crank everything out Mm-hmm. So yeah, shout out to Cascadia Dread for Out of Her Mind. Uh, I think that was it for my honorable mentions. Let me go through my notes one more time. Um yeah, I, I think so. So, overall, for this, our first, both Andy and I, for our first Seattle 48 hour horror film project, super impressed. Uh it continues to amaze me, the creativity that we have with local filmmakers and my, my advice, keep doing it. Just keep again, 48 hours go out there. We saw a variety of filming techniques. We saw a variety of professionalism, which is not even a knock that just, I mean, some people have better access to equipment than other Mm -hmm. people. Who cares? We, we now live in the age where you can just create something. You can go down to Glazers, rent a camera, you know, and just do that. Or shoot it all on your iPhone. There were definitely a couple scenes in some films where they did some pickup shots that were definitely on an iPhone. (laughs) Uh, Which is fine. You know, totally fine. We had to take the rental camera back. I mean, you know, with that three hours left. So, yeah, just go for it. Keep producing these. Uh, And like I said before, if... You need somebody to possibly get shot in the head. Uh, Doctor Andy is available. available. I am available. Uh, he, you can find him uh, somewhere. We can cut together a demo reel. <laughs> so, what were your what were your thoughts on this? Since it is your first experience with it as well.
1: Um, as I said, um, not n- I like the 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 regular forty eight hour film mm-hmm. festival, um, better. Okay. but um, I I had my concerns as as I mentioned about going and watching a bunch of horror films so pleasantly uh, you know, satisfied uh, that I can sleep at night
0: excellent, cool, so that about wraps it up for the Seattle 48 hour horror film project, thank you so so much to Kirk Nordenstrom again, uh, our thoughts are with you and your family, uh, they're going through a tough time right now, uh, losing a family member, so yeah our thoughts are with you uh, Chris Flink, who is the producer thank you for taking the time to talk to me Uh, The Flames, go for it, kids. Keep making art. Keep being creative. It was tremendous. Uh, Benjamin Hilton from Shadow Dancer. Great film. Once they put it online, then I will update this posting. So you can go in the links below and find some of these short films. Speaking of film festivals, Dr. Andy. Yes. uh, Today is Wednesday, November 15th. Potentially when people are actually listening to this on the day it comes out. There is another film festival happening this weekend. Please tell me about it.
1: I am super excited to tell folks about the uh, Seattle Social Justice Film Festival. It mm-hmm. uh, runs uh, from November the sixteenth to the twenty-first of twenty seventeen. Okay, uh, three different locations, I believe. Wow, in uh, the Seattle
0: area. Including... Has that grown in the past couple of years?
1: Um, no. You know what? They've they, there's always been a variety of different venues. Okay. Um, uh, so three is 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 a manageable number. Gotcha. Um, Northwest uh, ethnic cultural um, center in the U District, the Rainier okay. Art Center, and also the Northwest uh, African American Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, different venues. And like in all years, there is uh, a real variety of uh, some really cool stuff. I was one of the judges um, mm-hmm. in the latter stages of, of the selection and I got to see some uh, really fantastic stuff. So if anybody has any interest in anything to do with uh, immigration, Black Lives Matter, prison issues, mm-hmm. uh, women's rights, um, and possibly one of the most intriguing uh, movies uh, that I, I saw, uh, Circumcision, about circumcision. Not hmm. female circumcision specifically, but mm-hmm. uh, male circumcision too. Um, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's a, a little bit to, uh, to interest, pretty much anybody who's had any interest in any progressive or social justice issues whatsoever. Um, so I encourage people to come out to see one or more programs where, you will actually be able to bump into me because i will be, i know i will be doing some mcing and uh, uh some of the q and a as as well afterwards um and i got to tell you uh, it, you you hear me behind this microphone sitting comfortably <laughs> not sweating mm-hmm. seeming really collected and stuff but i go out and and have done this for several years now mm-hmm. and i I have to think up my Q&A questions on the fly uh you know during the the movies and stuff so mm-hmm. it's it's all off the cuff so you can see me sink or swim at one or more of of these events so uh yeah it, it can be fun to watch me sink sometimes I
0: I enjoy that yeah um excellent so is that social com? where can people is it I know they have a Facebook page right
1: uh, yeah, I'm glad you asked me that because, of course, I don't remember what it is. But if you Google <laughs> Social Justice Film Festival, you will Doing find Doing that it. right now. <laughs> so I we think it's the most... socialjusticefilmfestival.org.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Yeah, Social Justice Film Festival, November 16th the 21st. And so on Facebook, it is just at Social Justice Film Festival. Uh, I, <laughs> because, well, it cut off the L at first. I was like, did they Festival, actually? Festival, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you can Yeah, Go and check it out. The synopsis is basically, yeah, Social Justice Film Festival presents bold and creative films that shape our humanity. Films explore human rights, immigration, prisoner justice, worker rights, environmental justice, and more. Just uh, something that Andy is very passionate about, uh, both personally and professionally, and has been involved, yeah, for a number of years, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, since uh, since basically the festival restarted itself, I've been uh, doing some of the uh, judging, um, film selection, emceeing. I'm in
0: there. Nice. And yeah, it was like 2013 or so when it yeah, relaunched. I think so yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Very cool. So yeah, go out, support local film festivals, and these films are from all over the country, right?
1: All over the world. Yeah. All over the world. Yep.
0: Okay. Nice. So it is yeah. an international film it festival. Is. Fantastic. Uh all right, as for the next week's episode. So next week is, well actually by the time you're we listening to this, I have already watched a bunch of new movies. So look forward to next week's episode, there will be reviews for Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Justice League, which I am <laughs> very nervous of. Uh there will also be a review for The Disaster Artist, the new film by A24 about the making of the Room, which is the best, worst movie ever made. I love that film. It is terrible, but I love it. Uh, and also Roman J. Israel Esquire, Denzel Washington's new movie. So that will be on next week's episode. For this podcast, like I said at the top of the show, you can find it on all forms of social media at About 2 Review, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Subscribe wherever you can find podcasts, iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Blueberry, uh pod Bay, podbean, so many places. YouTube.com slash about to review, about review.threadless.com. Support the show. Wear a t-shirt. Those of you who were at the screening tonight, you saw me wearing my About to Review sweater, which is a very nice sweater, if I do say so myself. Uh so you yeah, you can go and find all of the merchandise up there. Uh this was a great episode. I, I'm really glad that we we're able to cover this film festival i'm glad that you talked about another film festival that is coming up in seattle we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to film festivals in a 52 week year not even joking we probably have 40 film festivals it is madness so for this episode of about to review i have been joined by dr andy and i have been your host that guy named john we will see you next time ciao This has been an About to Review production. Thank you to Vexing Media, who provides audio editing services. They are a graphic design, website design, and digital media company. You can find them at their website, VexingMedia.com, or on Facebook and Twitter, at Vexing Media.